Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiya. Welcome back, guys, to Star Over Substance with me, Scarlett. And myself, Mim. How you doing, Mim? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. I am. I feel like today's been a relatively good day in that I felt like I, I, I got a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have a lot of meetings today, literally skated by the five that I did have. It wasn't that bad. And then I had loads of time to just like waste time at work slash do my work. So it was good. And it's sunny. Mm-hmm. So that's always a bonus for me. It always perks up my like my attitude and my overall vibe. So yeah, it was all right. But what about you? Nice. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. I managed to enjoy some sunshine today. Um, and But I can't help sort of feel like think we've all been through enough and I just think the government needs to give us some like some summer some summer working hours we we are gonna we are this change quite a lot you know <laughs> this change.org petition to you know what I actually think I signed one that was like please already four days working mm. week please we need it yeah <laughs> and I signed I it I'm pretty sure I did yeah yeah well, but but yeah no I'm I'm good I'm good um yeah I don't I feel like I haven't really done much but I think that's because I'm like I've seen you recently so like oh, yeah, I don't feel true. like there's much to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, that's true um but yeah what is your fashion story this week I mean I'm I think I can guess oh it's not it's not actually that story but it's linked to it okay okay so um long story short I spent a ridiculous amount of money on a bag. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought you were going to talk about the Crocs. The high heel Crocs. Oh, maybe I should. I think you should talk about both, but sorry for cutting (laughs) you off. You go, you go. Okay. Okay. First off was like uh, something I've recently purchased and I feel like, so basically I bought a bag. And I've never bought this brand of bag before. I bought a Balenciaga City bag and it's really slouchy and really soft and all that. I'm not even going to go into the story about buying it, but it was really like impromptu purchase. And so now I've been looking at bag organizers, you know, the inserts. Have you ever seen those um, mm-hmm. when people buy like their, their Hermes Kelly? People buy stuff? like a Chanel or an Hermes because they don't want to get pen in them. They line it with loads of pouches. Or like, yeah, 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 so you can get ones from specific companies that make it that fit exactly for that shape of the bag to keep its structure. Yeah, and, nice. Yeah, and I know that there, those of you who have Hermes bags out there, 
I know there's this particular brand and they like try to match it to the shade of your Hermes color. Cause you know, Hermes really, there's diehard fans out there for colors. Um, so you can buy these to fit the size and style of your bag and whatnot. And I've just purchased one for my, my new Balenciaga bag. That's a great idea. And you know what? I, cause I'm a big believer that like, if you, if you buy something, you should for sure use it. But, by no means do I mean that you should sort of wreck it. Um, yeah. And yeah. And also, and even if you just sort of use it to keep its shape whilst it's in its in the wardrobe or like, you know, stuff like that, but also just stops, you know, the, every part of a handbag is lovely. You know, like they'll have picked nice lining, you know, it's that kind of a thing that you don't want to damage it in any way. And so that's a great idea. Yeah, so I'm very excited for mm. when this thing turns up so I can finally use this bag because it's a bit too slouchy, you know, at the moment. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of stuff like that. But um, yes, I'm very excited for that. And I feel like it's probably going to change my life because I don't mm. have these things for any of my other bags. I might just start looking for bags to fill with organisers. I don't know. But um, my other story that you've reminded me of <laughs> is that Balenciaga have teamed up with Crocs yeah. To bring us not a platform croc like they did. No. Before. It is a stiletto croc. It <laughs> <And> looks <laughs> like someone has created it in their house. Yeah, for sure it does. It looks like someone's like, I don't even know if it's like, it looks like a peg or whatever. Yeah. But it just looks like a, a terrible household fusion. Yeah, it does. It it actually does. It's like, guys, for those of you who haven't seen the like the released image of hot off the press croc, um, it is like a normal croc, but then curved to that like you know forty five degree ang- angle, like a yeah. high heel is, and then they've taken what looks like a miniaturized table leg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like an office table leg and they've just attached it to the bottom of this chunky crop to make a stiletto heel i mean it doesn't make sense no does it look horrendous yep but this then it's it's balenciaga for you isn't it Mm, it is yeah (sighs) so that was um my week in fashion what about yours what's your fashion story so my fashion story is that H&M have just announced that they're going to do like this traffic light system on their website um, for sustainability. So basically, it's it, they've started, I think there's maybe only like six items that currently have it, but they are cur- coloured, I'm assuming, obviously red, amber, green. Mm-hmm. And that basically indicates how sustainable the item is and this hasn't been sort of um, rated by H&M it's been rated by like the sustainability federation or whatever they're called um, and basically takes into account the factors of water consumption for the item it takes Mm -hmm. into account carbon emission like the carbon footprint of the item and and like I guess harmful chemicals used in the process and stuff like that. It hasn't listed workers' rights within that mm. um, group, but like as we've mentioned before, that kind of is a whole another kettle of fish. Um, but I think that's a really great. Like I think we've given a little bit of 
stick to the fact that H&M has these initiatives mm-hmm. and sort of will have like one sustainable line mm. and think they're doing their bit. But I think this is a real sort of stand up to criticism move of just basically trying. I think I think their efforts are more than we expected them to be. Yeah. And we all know I think there should be like a traffic light system on a lot of things like like photoshopping pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know how far we can trust this um grading this grading system that that the that another organi- organization is giving H&M because fundamentally H&M is flawed as a business it's incredibly unsustainable there is an incredible amount of waste whether it's whether it's a chemical kind of pollution wastage um over manufacturing on their part or it helps to cultivate a culture of overconsumption on the other end, meaning that customers end up buying a lot of cheap goods, which won't last. And they end up going through clothing even quicker. And that adds to unsustainable practices. So I don't know how much we can see a green light against this H&M dress and think, Mm. oh, it's, it's actually sustainable because maybe it actually isn't on a superficial level maybe it is it's like I don't know if you've seen um oh damn it's that it's like a Netflix documentary and you know you had Cowspiracy mm-hmm. and it came out recently with like a oh Seaspiracy that's it yeah watched it and when you as you were talking it reminded me of that documentary because there are federations and organizations which help govern sustainability in fishing and they themselves are corrupted you know Mm -hmm. they say oh buy our stuff with the 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 blue tuna symbol on it and you can you can rest assured that it's line caught tuna and it's not trawled from the depths of the ocean and comes to find out that it's nothing like that I don't know if this is just another way for H&M to seem to be doing better than they actually are yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting point and also the amount of like um sort of paperwork Mm. that this must add like think how many options and items there are on their website in store they've got loads of stuff yeah you're telling me that for every single item you're releasing details like i I don't know how that works but that's got to be a lot of work so i don't know if they'll be selective yeah um or if it will be applied to the entire website but Mm. I do think you're right in that it is good that they are um trying to face criticism head on Mm. and trying to be more transparent I think that's good I think Everlane is the one that you go on their website and they show you the factory that garment was made in yeah and they're they're really like they were quite an outlier when they started doing that and showing you how much people are getting paid and how much they pay for an item and all the all the other bits that are factored into their costing they were really transparent about it on their website so I don't know if it's kind of H&M's way of doing that Mm -hmm. um hopefully this actually brings about more change you know, they, they realise that maybe well, like 95% of our stuff is actually in the red. <laughs> so we're going to actually do better moving forward. So you're right yeah. in that sense, yeah. 
Yeah, I hope so. Hope so, but we'll just have to watch this space. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod. Shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. A topic we've wanted to do for quite a while today. A really long time, yeah. Um, And that is the topic of vegan leather. What is it? Is it better than real leather? What we think about it? Mm. All the things. Yeah. All the things. All the things. Yeah, we've been meaning to talk about this for no lie months. And Mm -hmm. we've only been doing this for a year. (laughs) Yeah. So just off the top, Scarlett, do you buy vegan leather and is it for you? In 2021, is vegan leather your thing? So I don't think I do own anything that has been made with vegan leather, but that isn't a political statement. Mm. Um, That isn't sort of a conscious choice. Um, I have been tempted to buy those like phasia or however you say it, trainers um, that tend to be vegan Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. I will say that I tend to sort of have that old school approach and I will admit this is without owning vegan leather that like leather's just beautiful mm. and like I hope that people don't mind me <laughs> saying it but no. like I've also worked I've you know I've worked in accessories where you see the most beautiful leathers and yes Mm -hmm. it's maybe not great that we're getting this from an animal and whatever but there is a life cycle these cut these factories do try and be as conscious as they possibly can these tanneries Mm. they work with um they work with people who harvest crops they work with the farmers to try and make as much of it as part of like the same chain and to make it sort of um as fully sort of incorporated in not ecosystem the eco yeah being as like much part of the ecosystem as possible but I do sort of have that sort of attitude of like that leather is best like the difference of and this is a terrible example but I had a a Zara like faux leather jacket Mm. and I now have like an All Saints leather jacket and the comparison is nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, and I haven't, of course, tried a vegan leather. Um, but yeah, I sort of, I do admit I have that sort of old school thought process without having educated myself properly of like, mm-hmm. I think I prefer leather. Mm-hmm. The, the way it ages, the way it like moves, just sort of the characteristics leather has um but yeah what about you yeah before I talk about my opinions something you said kind of sparked a thought in my mind and Mm -hmm. that is PU leather you know the fakes yeah plasticky stuff and vegan leather I mean yeah there are lots of different types of leathers out there but 
for the longest time, PU leather and vegan leather were the same thing. It was like fake leather. Like mm-hmm. us growing up, there was just... Yeah, it's faux leather. It, was, it just wasn't yeah. called vegan. Yeah, Exactly. It was just like faux leather, exactly, which was essentially a particular type of plastic that was used to make it. So for me, for a long time, yeah, I have had vegan leather things, but I tried to avoid buying them because they've never looked that nice. Mm-hmm. Even like the faux suede, um, they've just never looked that nice. And they don't, and they crack after a certain amount of years, sometimes these fabrics can crack. Yeah. Whereas real leather softens. So they age differently and they look differently from the outset as well. And so that's the reason why I've always just steered more towards real leathers. Um, I have a number of like leather and suede jackets and I love them. And this is coming from someone who doesn't eat meat. Um, I eat fish rarely like on, a, on an occasion or something. Um, Mr. Big's vegan and we eat fully vegan in this house. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it has been more of a conscious decision than you uh, yeah. because you eat meat. So it makes sense. Yeah. Me, It's like, I've still yet to opt in to buy in vegan leathers. So um, we in, in this flat, we do kind of like take an interest in like, oh, so-and-so is making new vegan leather or whatever. And be like, oh, let me see it. And then, you know, whatever. So we do have kind of a discussion about it. But I think I'm holding out for seeing really beautiful examples of fully vegan. Like, I mean, when I say fully vegan, my perspective is that I'm waiting for someone to come out with a purely organic material which looks beautiful, age as well, and not have like plastic in it. Because Mm. for me, it doesn't make sense to trade unsustainable leather. For an unsustainable (laughs) Yeah, another toxic, unsustainable material. That doesn't make sense to me. Don't get me wrong. I have been to, we went a couple years ago, we went to this um, like exhibition, you know, where they have like lots of stalls and Mm -hmm. buy stuff at different kind of like when we went to stylist mag one and um, we went to a vegan plant-based one and they did have uh, a company that made men's shoes like leather shoes like brogues and loafers and stuff. Mm. And they were all vegan and theirs did look really good that was the first kind of example when I was like this looks yeah this is nice actually um but there just aren't many examples of that for sure so I feel like before we continue we should sort of rewind and define what vegan leather is Mm -hmm. so vegan leather is often made from a polyurethane i apologize for butchering it um and basically is made with essentially plastic like it's a synthetic plastic polymer okay um and it's often combined with the likes of um pineapple leaves cork like apple peels and there's recently i've seen stuff about mushrooms Mm -hmm. like other fruit and vegetable waste recycled plastic and it's basically trying to imitate animal skins um now i'm not saying that maybe everything has that sort of plastic component i'm sure there are companies out there who are working hard to not even have that as the element Mm -hmm. but from my findings that seems to be quite a significant base for all vegan leathers um because i'm assuming otherwise if it's just 
if it's just food product it's gonna <laughs> disappear I don't know um so yeah and that begs the question like you said of whether or not vegan leather is actually more sustainable than yeah I think at the moment we still have so far to go from my layman's experience and my anecdotal experience um I think we still have so far to go like we've heard um companies investing in other chemical and biological companies that are like creating completely plant-based options and they're still in development or they're just like just on the market they're still Mm -hmm. quite expensive or you know companies haven't picked up their materials yet to be turned into products it's quite new still um so I think we're moving towards that better options because I think lots of people can see that there's that need to move completely away from something that just does not biodegrade Yeah. And you know what? I think in 2021, when we're seeing so many more people be more aware of being plant based and Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who's trying to make a more conscious effort to not eat meat every day. I take part in Veganuary Mm -hmm. and I'm very aware that sort of the future, in my opinion, is heading towards a more plant based living mm-hmm. um whether that's everyone's fully vegan probably, probably not <laughs> but i think it's more that people have to be, make more conscious effort for our globe for climate change to really benefit from mm-hmm. like us not destroying the earth mm-hmm. um i think we'll see much more of a conscious effort for meat free mondays whatever that might be trying to have 50% of your meals, not have meat, that kind of a thing. Um, And so it's like, it's no, it's no surprise that we want to find vegan alternatives to leather because obviously for the people who don't eat meat, like I'm assuming if you're vegetarian, I would assume you wouldn't buy leather. Well, that's the thing. Like in a few years back, you could be vegetarian and still wear leather yeah those who were vegan were like super hippie and they were wearing nothing but like hemp and linens or something you know now I think the idea of being more holistic in your Mm. lifestyle that being the values I cherish and abide by in one aspect of my life I now bring it into other aspects Mm -hmm. of my life so as being vegan has become more mainstream or plant-based um and saying I eat a strictly plant-based diet for whatever reason, I'm going to try and mirror that in what I wear and how I go to, and the transport I use, maybe the way I go to work Mm. or it could be anything really. Um, You're right in saying that it's kind of trying to give options to those who are like dedicated to the cause. (laughs) For sure. But I think also that there sort of needs to be a few more people. And I think that number is growing like when Stella McCartney sort of first really like blew up on the scene. Yeah. People weren't really that bothered by the cause. No. And so to see a bag cost that price and like Stella's not at the, like the highest end, but like one of her bags Mm. can cost a thousand pounds. And I can like hear my mum at the back of my head be like, it's not even real leather. Mm -hmm. Why would it be a thousand pounds? And it's because this process of trying to make, 
a fake leather is expensive mm. yeah it's like you know it's and also because then you've also got to if you're making a vegan leather you have to ensure that entire process is not touched by animal products yeah so whether that is the tanning or the coloring of it you need to make sure that that ink like a lot of our coloring is often sourced from animals back in the day. Like, mm. and I think it still is partly on some colors. So there's even just like down to that detail, but also like even like some, some wines aren't vegan because they get drained through like the lining of like a cow's stomach or like whatever it is. Mm. So it's those sorts of things that the process where like wine's made of grapes, of course mm, it's vegan, mm, mm, mm. but like it's yeah. those bits that you have yeah. to be really ensuring that it's as like it's vegan that it's vegan certified that's so true as well it's more than just the the materials that you Mm. use it's the process that it goes through as well yeah you're you're right in that we'll talk about more initiatives later but Mm. in terms of um other ways in which leathers are trying to be more sustainable the brand coach i know they are known for leather that's their thing Mm -hmm. they make all leather bags and they make like varsity jackets out of leather and their clothing and everything has like that sort of leather grounding do you know what i mean and they have a range of bags that are using sustainably um acquired dyes so i believe it i believe it's yeah I believe it's veg tanning and the colors are really beautiful. They're not pale colors, but they're kind of pastel-y, um, but they still look great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have also in this range of bags, they've used off cuts of leather to like strips, leather strips, and then like weave to them to make the body of the bag instead of using like a plain brand new sheet of leather, Amazing. a one you know, or a few kind of cuts of leather. They're using these strips that are naturally occurring when they make other bags, you know, the offcuts essentially. So in that dyeing, using sustainable dyes that that are vegan, sorry, as you said, is another option i think i think it's a great option for those of uh, those of us who maybe aren't ready to make that vegan leather step or it doesn't appeal to us and we're not interested in it but we are all are aware that we need to make better choices and there are better choices available out there yeah for sure and like this is this is the difficult thing about the sustain the sustainability word other than the fact that i just stumbled over it um (laughs) There's pros and cons to every process because a company I worked at, we heavily weighed up. So there's normally two ways to tan leather, chrome or veg tan. Yeah. So chrome releases, you get much more vibrant pigments. Mm -hmm. You can get really pale colors. You can get like white, white, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Um, And it basically, and you can also like very much coat the leather, all of this kind of a thing. But it releases harsh chemicals mm-hmm. and there's a real problem in the likes of Bangladesh with these kind of chemicals running through water systems. Mm-hmm. But then flip reverse, veg tanning uses a much more natural, way less harsh chemicals, way more natural. The colours won't be as vivid. They're still beautiful and it's improving every day. However, it uses a lot of water. 
Yeah. And this is again like the pitfall of vegan leather versus real leather. Of course, real leather's terrible. We're we're killing a cow or insert whatever animal it's from mm-hmm. um, for fashion. And we seem to think that's not appropriate with fur. And obviously fur is a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. Get fur is different. Um, and meat is still part of everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of a natural process there. And so that's harmful. And the and the fact that leather and the way you can get it and tanneries contributes loads of carbon emissions, blah, 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 blah. But so does the way you do vegan stuff. A lot of water's used, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. there's it's not fully better. You know, that's the hardest thing. If you're going to say that you're sustainable, there's kind of normally a reason. Mm. Like there's there's always a shortcoming, you know, yeah. like there isn't something that requires zero water, like zero harmful chemicals. There's like, if you want to make something well, some part of that is not going to be the most sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, we're just not there yet. That's mm. my That's my initial feeling. As you said, with chrome tanning, it's cheaper because you can dye it once and it's what you want. It comes mm-hmm. out quicker. It develops into the colour quicker. You almost tell them the Pantone and they do it. <laughs> yeah. And with um, vegetable tanning, it's a process. It's slower. And time mm-hmm. equals money, essentially. You can't make a thousand bags as quickly or produce the leather needed for a thousand pounds as quickly with these veg dyes than you can with chrome tanning. Yeah. And so that's another incentive. It's like from a company's perspective, it's like, why spend more money to do something? It's not even fully vegan. <laughs> or and, not and even fully when sustainable. People don't care enough either. Are there that many people going into a shop asking how it's been tanned? Probably not, you know, like, and I would say that not necessarily everyone who shops at Stella McCartney is doing it for the vegan cause. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not going, but how much, like, no one's checking, oh, how much water did you actually use? Or like, oh, have you ripped down like this palm forest though to like get the leaves to do this? And like, I'm not accusing them of that by any means. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's that's a point that I wanted to raise as well. I think in the discussion about global changing attitudes and mm. um, supply and demand, and are there enough customers out there who are demanding for these sorts of products? I genuinely believe this sort of change has to come from the top. It has to come from companies who are producing it. You mm-hmm. cannot demand something that is physically not available to buy or the technology isn't there to develop on a scale or to make it to the quality that you expect using different methods and I think that for many people as you said many people still eat meat or vegan leathers is just not a priority for them or something they know they even want yet you have to produce something before they even know they want it I think it's always that and these companies have money to develop methods of making more sustainable um, materials and they have to do it first and and make a case. Show us case what we didn't realise we wanted. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. And that's the only way we're going to get to a point where we very seldom need leather options. Like, for example, in the, in the past 
let's say four or five years when people have taken more of an interest in vegan leathers or we've been more inclined to say no I don't buy exotic furs Mm. because a lot of people don't buy exotic furs but they make a distinction with leather um oh for sure yeah or yeah exactly so or exotic skins in fact like snake skin uh, alligator and crocodile and things like that we it's easier to say oh i don't buy fur because there are great faux fur options out Mm -hmm. there it's easy to say i don't buy alligator because most of those sorts of bags are regular leather with an an alligator embossed effect on it most people don't have alligator skin bags because they're just incredibly expensive so there's like alternatives already for those so we can like drop them and be like "Mm, it's not for me i don't need to Mm. because i can get my alligator skin vibe from in, in another way so it's really until we have these alternatives made for us that we can decide what we buy into yeah i have a question for you okay what item would you be most likely to buy in vegan leather would it be clothing bags or shoes shoes i think because I've, re- I've already got um i've got like those you know cheap old zara like you know shoes that are like fake leather already. yeah um and also i think shoes get beaten up a bit more and i don't i don't really know what the reason is i you? think sh- i think shoes are forgiven for being a bit plasticky at times which is mm. a huge critique of of vegan leather yeah um soft like there's not really that I've seen you know like the effect that Stella McCartney has on her bags is not it's not really leather is it like it's sort of like a a velvety suede yeah it's like it's imitation suede like it's sort of and it's got normally like a slight print on it might make it look a bit more like it's got a grain and Mm. all of that kind of a thing whereas I think like you said about that brogue that you saw that was convincing well, I'm not surprised because brogues are hard shoes. So it, the leather often can appear somewhat sort of plasticky and hard because it's it's sturdy. Yep. And I think the issue is when it comes to like cracking, if it's going to be a really soft and supple shoe. But yeah, I wouldn't really yet be prepared for for clothing and... Um, I think all bags that I'm aware of. However, I will say that there's a brand called Luxtra and they do some really lovely vegan bags. But my one sort of like fear is how does that stuff age? We know how leather ages. Mm. We know that there's like this hand down culture of like handbag collectors where you, you know, when, because we manifest in this room, (laughs) Um, <laughs> when I have my Chanel bags, um, <laughs> I hope to like, and if I have a daughter, if not, your I'll son's going to get them. I'll, I'll give it to someone. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be my daughter. I will raise my boys to know the, the value of those bags. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a pass down thing. It, the leather keeps mm-hmm. even if you don't look after it and it's battered like it's not like it gets it eats itself mm-hmm. and sort of part of my fear is that and actually that's what started happening to this like Zara leather jacket 
is that it started peeling like, like the the leather started peeling off of the garment because I'd had it for like 10 years oh my god so my fear is I want to know that that won't happen yeah with a man-made fabric mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's sort of a harsh a harsh spotlight but I think also with shoes is that you're not feeling it once it's on your foot like with a hand, yeah, the most in your important hand, thing with a shoe your... is the lining, really. Yeah. And how soft that is on your foot. Exactly. It's like with a handbag, you're feeling it all day. You're looking at it up close. With clothing, it's on you. You just look over your shoulder and you can kind of see mm. how it looks and how it feels. And yeah, I wouldn't buy a belt either because that's going to crack in no yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I mean, leather belts crack. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> but, um, Going on to like how we've spoken about how we feel about them personally, mm-hmm. I do feel that globally, or maybe in the West, I don't know, not very scientific, but at least in you know Europe and the US, um, we are like far more optimistic, or we want to buy into these sorts of things more. Um, in 2017 there was some research conducted by Grandview Research and um, a website called Plant Based News reported on this, but they had predicted that by 2025, vegan leather as an industry or as a product or whatever would be valued at about $85 billion. Wow. Now, I don't know how on track it is for the you know next few, what, four years we've got until that target, but I think there's so much scope for it. You've got watches, you've got belts, you've got clothing, you've got shoes, you've got handbags. <clears throat> and we all know how much money handbags pull in, you know. Um, yeah, it's massive. So we, I think that we are just waiting to see what's out there and what they can provide. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think you're right. I think it is the Western as a generalised um, sweeping thing. Like you said, like the US, the UK, a lot of Europe, we're much more open to it. And from previous experience in companies, it's tended to be sort of the Middle East and Asia that were mainly a big section in the Middle East that kind of wanted the luxe. They wanted the croc. They wanted mm. the they wanted the, you know, the snake, whatever. They wanted even for like luxury and that kind of conscience for animals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that movement hasn't happened in the same way it's happened with us and um, and i think as well in asia um there they are more conscious i think they do have more plastic based leathers at times because in asia they like their bag to look perfect um, they they're much more interested in a perfect looking bag. I know that the we would quality control our stock going to Asia much he- more heavily than we would quality control anything else. Oh, because an imperfection was just like unacceptable. Wow, whether, I didn't know that. Whether that's in like just the grain, and you know what it's like leather, like you know, there's veins, there's you see these skin problems you know oh, yeah, you're not supposed to have that That's imperfections like quality, yeah so like and obviously these skins get checked but 
if there's even a slight imperfection, mm-hmm. the Asian market was much more critical. So I wonder if actually they'd be quite receptive to this sort of plastic-esque vibe. Ooh, that's a good However, point. I will say that I feel like the trends that we've seen of Asian consumers is almost status. You know, like they've they've had a real Gucci moment recently. They love a micro bag. Mm. Um, but it's very like you it the aim is to be seen carrying certain styles. There are certain mm. brands that are like gospel mm. in Asia more so than other areas. So I wonder if a vegan bag could become a vegan brand could become that or if it will take the likes of as we know Hermes who's investing in vegan alternatives mm-hmm. to create something for them to want it yeah think? I think that's the best um I think that's the best plan of attack with anything when you align yourself with a luxury brand or an established brand it gives it gives clout to that mm. new thing, you know? So as you've kind of mentioned, Hermes have recently invested in a um, in a company, let's say. The French brand has partnered with a biomaterial company, basically. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah. It's called MycoWorks. And they are creating a mycelium material and it's made from mushrooms, which you mm-hmm. alluded to before. Um, and they are planning to create with this company, this bag, which is completely leather free. And it's of one of Hermes's like really iconic travel bags. Um, they haven't said when it's going to be announced or anything. As, as far as I know, I know very little about it. It's just kind of like popped up on my radar. Um, but they are teasing an upcoming project and I definitely think Emma's has the clout and the status to get a lot of non-believers buying into vegan plant-based whatever alternative leathers I think alternative leathers is probably a better way of calling yeah. it yeah yeah if anyone can do it they can yeah and especially like what is synonymous with Emma's is quality so um one of my ex-colleagues um went on so she was the raw materials person at my company and she went on to be the raw materials at Hermes and actually she had to leave I think Hermes because of just how much sort of pressure that job was because the materials of anything is arguably as important as the design especially for a brand like Hermes the quality of the leather is everything and they used to um go to the same tannery that I used to go to and I remember I we once I once crossed over with um steam and my goodness like considering I was there as a designer to go and check the leather they just had four people as their raw materials team to be there for a few days spending time in the factory mm-hmm. you know it's, it was a very different game and I think they will really invest and I'd be really interested almost to like compare I keep saying Stella because she's just the most notable brand mm-hmm. to be fully vegan 
I'd be interested to compare the feel, the kind of impression of expense Mm. that that the bags have versus one another. I'd be so, I'd love to see them. I don't know why they aren't and they probably will if this experiment goes well for them. I'd love to see them do it in a Birkin or a Kelly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That is like in my head, the only way. Yeah you're gonna get it to the mainstream well you know those um those it bags of like the past year Mm. two years was those telfar bags they were Mm -hmm. like those shoppers with the big t on the front and the designer he um managed to create this shopper tote very relaxed got a short handle and a long crossbody handle it's kind of the shape of a book tote Mm -hmm. and they've been incredibly popular um they are by pre-order only, I think. Very Hermes. And um, they sell out or sell very quickly. They're very popular. And they were seen as an it bag and they're fully, they're an alternative leather. Mm. I don't know the exact composition of it, but maybe, maybe he's selling to the choir already. Like the yeah. people who are already open to that sort of thing. And so his custom base doesn't mind buying products of alternative leather, but then it's not, his stuff is not very expensive. It's like a few hundred dollars, like $300 Mm. or something. So it's in the grand scheme of things, it's still quite affordable for something that's an it bag. Um, But yeah, as you said, for them to make a Kelly, let's say if Hermes made a Kelly and they were like, this is mushroom leather guys take a whiff people are gonna jump on it i think people are gonna be like thirsty dogs yeah yeah and actually i think i think you're right and we sort of you've mentioned it a few times of that the way that this movement gets gravitas and momentum is not by apologies new brands <laughs> it's mm. not by a new brand launching on the scene mm. and being like hey it is by the likes of an Hermes Chanel Louis V and let's be honest Louis V the the leather you use for a Neverfull might as well not be leather Mike from Michael Kors I'm talking to you that Safiano might as well be plastic <laughs> It takes That's those true. brands like that. Yeah. Never full as coated, man. There it's is co- no way we even know what's under there. It's coated canvas. That isn't leather. The normal no, I monogram. Know, but like, yeah, the monogram has still got like this coating, and you know, yeah, yeah. And and also like think how many people own a Neverfull? Yep, like true. that's and like yes, it's um it's trimmed with leather, but. That's you a know. good point, actually. People are already out here spending thousands on a bag that isn't leather. It's just got yeah. leather trimming. So it's not that much of a step to say, yeah. we think about it logically. How is it any different than buying something that's canvas coated in a sort of plasticky resin kind of mm. thing? Why would but you I think people aren't edu- like the Whenever we think of stuff like this at places that I've worked... The problem is the education of the consumer. Mm, okay. Um, that it always goes back to of like, does like when sort of people have wanted to use higher quality leathers and stuff like that, does the con- is the consumer aware that we're using a higher quality leather? No. 
So then if they're not that aware, should we reduce the quality of the leather? Or are they aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z? Because often we we buy something because we like the look of it or because we think we should have it. You know, we we don't normally buy it. Like, I don't know how many people probably think that they're never full isn't code to canvas. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And like, you know, like there are people who think that Michael Kors Safiano is one of the best leathers out there. Stop, really. Well, they must well if be. you're a Michael Kors customer, you might not know that like, I don't know. I think people think like... Because people, people just, like that uniformity. That some, some people don't want to see the natural nature of leather. Yeah, they which want is why they're a Safiano person. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They want something that's hard wearing and yeah, and whatnot. I think you're right. <sighs> I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. I think we're definitely moving towards alternative leathers. They're going to get far more experimental. They're going to be springing up as long as they can get like the funding to develop these things. And the customer who like customer as in like a brand who will pick up their material and want to develop whole ranges out of it. I think that will come. It's happening now. Um, And I think that there is definitely customers out there who are ready to buy when Mm. an option that is desirable, beautiful, cool, all of that comes about. Um, yeah would you okay in 10 years time do you think you'd be buying a chanel classic flap in a mushroom leather hell no (laughs) (laughs) maybe another bag um you're tugging at some heartstrings there (laughs) and i definitely think that like my prediction is it it definitely seems to be happening more in shoes that i'm aware of as it is um you oh yeah like doc, martins. You know, like doc martins like the brand that i said vejo or however you say it there's quite a few vegan clothes um shoe brands and obviously the, it is in the world of handbags but more selective and i think obviously it's going to be growing soon i will say i'm much more reluctant about clothing but mm. really what leather clothing do I have? Okay, I never have bought a real leather skirt. Actually, that's the light I have. Um, but that's a bit of like a fad design, uh, fad trend thing often, a leather skirt. Um, but it's mainly leather jackets. Um, but I, I think that would be the thing I'm mo- I would be most reluctant to buy that's vegan. Yep. I agree. Mm, I feel the would, same. Would you... Would you buy your um balenciaga would you would that would that have swayed your decision would you have paid been happy to pay for it in this and the same cost if it was vegan no (laughs) um no i don't think i would have but i i think i want I think if I was someone who were used to spending that kind of money on something and I had a number of bags, then I could like dabble in that, you know, Mm. it wouldn't be like, for example, you're not going to buy your Chanel classic flap in an alternative leather because that would be your only Chanel. And so the same for me, like I've worked in 
leather goods before and I appreciate a nice smooth leather and you know the colors and the feel of it and the text whatever um so at the moment where I am right now no I do not have that kind of money to just be like throwing on on like yeah pineapple peels quite <laughs> and, and, and that comes down to education again where we have to be educated as a consumer the the worth of a vegan leather we already know that for leather you know yeah like people people drop like drop what on a Hermes leather bag mm-hmm. so we got we've got there with leather <laughs> yeah exactly anyway what do you think is uh this week's poll can it be so for polls i'm thinking which brands do you want to see introduce vegan leathers okay Mm -hmm. and then would you buy vegan leathers would you buy into it i guess oh like what's the maximum you would spend on a vegan leather bag because i think there'd be like thresholds oh yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those are good okay so we're going to be posting our polls during the week um we always love your responses. Thank you so much of you who respond to them and we will share them out because they're just really insightful and funny. So yeah, stay tuned and follow us on Instagram to see our polls and our posts and everything to do with this episode. Um, but I've got nothing else to add. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.